What is up, Washington football team fans? Welcome back to another, excuse me, excuse me. What is up, Washington Commanders fans? What is up, Washington Commander fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Bleeding BNG podcast. And guys, I know we have been gone for a while, but it is because we were prepping up for a major guest, a major guest. And we have a special episode for you guys today. So guys, um, I just want to introduce ABC News anchor, um, a Washington Commanders insider, and my guy, just an overall good dude, Mr. Lake Lewis. How you doing today, sir? What's going on, my friend? Appreciate you having me on again. No problem, no problem, no problem. I was telling everybody, everybody was hitting me up on the Twitter pages like, dude, you haven't posted in like two weeks. What's going on? I'm like, we got something real special for you guys. Hold on, <laughs> hold on, hold on. So I, I, I believe that your parents is living up to the hype because, hey, man, everything Washington Commanders, it seems like it runs through you. So how you doing? How you been? I'm good, man. Just just busy getting this uh, anchor work in down here, you know, ABC. And yeah, man, I, look, I, I, I do the uh, the morning show from uh, six to seven. Then I got to do Good Morning America's twice and I got to do noon. Mm-hmm. I have to come in here at three in the morning. So it's <laughs> times have changed as far as my sleeping pattern. But I'm good, man. I'm excited. Hey, man, I know you. The grind doesn't stop for you. And actually, one of the last times that we talked, I think the team was actually still called the Washington football team. You know, I stumbled in the opening, um, but I haven't really talked to you since 2-2-2-22. So yeah. what are your thoughts on, like, the name, the rebound? What are your thoughts on just everything um, Washington Commanders? <laughs> Man, I got to tell you, and, I, you know, I try to stay positive and all that stuff, but <sighs> – it just doesn't ring, man. It just it just doesn't ring. I I I like, you know, what what you guys are doing. Some of the fans are, you know, putting commander before their name and all that. That's catchy and all, but it's just gonna take some time to get used to. Um, as far as like the uniforms and all that stuff, I just felt like they could have been better. You had two years to get them. Um, they're better than what they had. I will say that. Okay. But it just doesn't seem. I don't see a uniform out of those out of the three that they they showed so far that that has a signature look for the team. You know, it just looks like, you know, different colors. They they're pairing together. And maybe if you mix and match them, maybe one grows out of it. But it just doesn't seem like it has any um, any life to the uniform, so to speak. OK, OK, OK. I kind of get you. I kind of get you. Well, I am a huge advocate for the white uniform myself because, and I think that's because people have been bashing it so much. I've been feeling like, I, I feel like I have to defend it because it's very different. And, you know, I like, well, 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 look, if you put the burgundy pants on that white uniform mm-hmm. with, okay, first and foremost, let me say this, Dalen, mm-hmm. the helmet is fire. Fire. <laughs> the, the helmet is, is right up there with some of the best in the league. Mm-hmm. But from the neck down, mm. <laughs> it, it leaves I mean, a lot to be desired, right? I can, yeah, I can, it is. I can agree. <laughs> so what was your just opinion on just the entire rollout? Like, to me, I think that, you know, it was somewhat anticlimactic. You know, they had the making the brand videos for about, what, 18 months. You mm-hmm. know, our buddy Rio Robinson was in them, starring in them and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then for them to, you know, be at FedEx Field and, you know, I love Doug Williams with all my heart. You know, he was the first Washington football team player watching the Redskins that I was told about through stories and things like that. But for him to just like, for Jason Wright to turn to him and then him to put his arm around out and it was like, bad. we're the commanders. Like, that was there was no video. Like, what did you think about that rollout? That, 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 that was that was horrible. I mean, let's just call it like it is. Doug's my dude, too. But I didn't like the fact that Jason def- deferred to him to yeah, do that. Absolutely. I didn't like that at all. And um, 
you know, so for me, I just look at the whole the whole rollout just look very honestly, Jalen, man, like, you know, I don't I don't you know, I try not to say these things. Absolutely. Let's call it like it is. They're going through legal situations right now with lawsuits and things like that. And it showed as far as the branding, it showed that they cut some corners financially. But they were a little distracted, right? Absolutely. You can see it because when the Titans rolled out their uniforms, when the when the Lions recently rolled out theirs, the Dolphins, it wasn't a lot of major changes to the look of the uniform, but they were upgrades, modernized. This just looks like it was a last second thing where they, they threw the date at us and then all of a sudden you knew on the 23rd or whatever it was or, or, or the third or whatever, you knew once it came out, you know, there was no turning back. But it just seems like there's no way that those are the uniforms that you come up with in two years. When I saw fans, um, you know, doing their own renditions of uniforms online and them things were fire. Mm-hmm. So to turn around and see a professional organization that's got money boatloads of it put out that product it told me that they didn't put a lot of money into this marketing there's no way they did absolutely absolutely i agree 100 so before we delve too much into the future i do want to look back into the past and i want to ask you what was your honest assessment of the team in the 2021 season this past season i mean you know what when the season was over i had to take a look, good look at them and see you know where were they mm-hmm. they're a team with a lot of talent young talent they just don't have it at the position they need it at to really take them over the next you know over the hump I thought Taylor Heineke played well he shows that he can be a professional quarterback he is a professional quarterback but he's not a guy that's going to lead you to the promised land they don't have that on the roster so with that being said they won the same amount of games they won the previous year obviously they had one more game uh, but they still did the same thing so they didn't necessarily go backwards and then when you factor in the COVID um, amount of COVID-related uh, games that weren't played because of that outbreak and then the injuries again, you know, you, you have to kind of say, okay, they didn't, they didn't fold up camp and, you know, quit. They still played, but you can clearly see that there's some moves that are some head scratchers that to me goes back to coaching and how are you utilizing your players? You know, is Terry McLaurin only a, a kind of guy that can go over the middle when we see him making great catches down the field? Mm-hmm. It's it's almost like, you know, you, you watch them and and they had things dictated to them. There's a stout defense. You go back to the first game of the year and, I, you know, we were all there and uh, they're playing the Chargers. And it just seemed like the, the you guys in the, in, the, in the crowd, we could hear it in the press box, in the crowd, the first, first series when the defense came out, I haven't heard FedEx field that loud in a long time. Yeah, I remember. Very first play, Chargers get like 25, 30 <laughs> So it's, it was almost like, you know, like, is this going to be the year, you know? But it just seemed like the talent's there, but they just weren't being maximized and put in the right positions. And, and that's when you start, you have to start looking at coaching at this point. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. And over the talk of the all season, we've heard from me- multiple outlets, whether it was coming from the team itself or other reporters and things of that nature, that we're really looking um, to take a big swing at the quarterback position. And I kind of, I think I got a gist of what you're about to say, but I do want to ask you: Do you think that this team is just a quarterback away? Do you think they're a quarterback away from, let's say, Super Bowl contention or deep playoff contention? I think they're a quarterback away from definitely being a playoff uh, 
contender, you know, as far as a Super Bowl contender, why not? I mean, look at what the Rams did overnight. They went out and got themselves a veteran proven quarterback and Matt Stafford. They just won a Super Bowl. Uh, the Buccaneers the year before went out and got themselves a veteran. I mean, they got the GOAT. That's a whole nother story, but still they won a Super Bowl. So this stuff, I mean, even if you look at the 49ers, you know, uh, you know, they went out and got Jimmy Garoppolo and he played like the last four or five games of that season that he came in because I guess he was injured. But the following year, full-time starter, they went to the Super Bowl. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the blueprint. So if this team can go out and get themselves a frontline starter, a Russell Wilson, because that's who I think they need to go after, um, there's no doubt in my mind that they can compete. If you tell me right now that Russell Wilson's the quarterback of the Commanders, I'm telling you they're beating the Cowboys out in the, for the division. And if you win your division, then that means you are a team that's capable of doing something in the playoffs, hopefully. Absolutely. So you've told us what you think we should do. And I agree with you at the quarterback position. You know, I think that we should let Russ cook. But you brought up another name like Jimmy Garoppolo. That's a name that's been mentioned towards the commanders um, and been, you know, referred towards the commanders as well. So I, I know what you want to do. What do you think we will do this offseason at quarterback? I, I see. I think they're going to try to go after Russell Wilson hard. I just don't know if Russell Wilson would want to be here because this thing still is still dysfunctional in some ways. I mean, maybe the product on the field is more professional. And I can say from being at all the practices, it, it definitely is ran, you know, regimented. Rivera does a great job with that. I'm just not sure about the coaching. That's a whole nother story. Uh, again, though, I think um, Russell Wilson is going to have to ask himself, does he want to be part of a new rebrand with this team or is it just still too many you know, black clouds over the organization? And for me, I think he's probably going to defer to the black clouds. Um, so you're going to have to go get that second wave of guy. But I truly believe that the three quarterbacks that are in the draft are really good quarterbacks. They're just not in a class that has great quarterbacks, you know, from day one. But, you know, a kid like Willis, I would love to see him in, in, in a commander's uniform. Um, you know, the kid from Pitt, um, I, I absolutely wouldn't mind seeing him. I, I think he actually could be really special. He, he reminds me a lot of Justin Herbert. He just really does. And we saw what he's doing. So you just don't want to see them pass on one of these guys. And then you see them balling somewhere else as rookies. So now it just comes back to the people in the building as far as the scouts and, and making sure they don't miss, man, because this is a draft that you cannot absolutely miss on you. If you do, you're setting yourself back another three, four years. Absolutely. And I'm kind of interested to hear you say um, comp Kenny Pickett towards Justin Herbert, because I know a lot of people have been comping him to Joe Burrow. I actually see, and I know Washington fans are going to hate me for this, <laughs> but I actually see a lot of Tony Romo in this game. And if I'm being honest, Tony Romo was a really good quarterback for the first three quarters of the game. You know, he was a really yeah, good I mean, quarterback. You know, you know, he'll get you there. He'll get you there. The and then you go home first. And I think pairing with this young defense, you know, while they didn't live up to the hype um, last year, I think that he fits the time window of the defense as well where um, maybe these guys can gel like they did towards the end of 2020, and we could go on a run. We just saw what the Cincinnati Bengals did this past season. So let's play a game really quickly. Let's play a game really quickly. I know you were talking about the black cows over Washington. We all know what those black cows are, and there are numerous of them. There are numerous others. But let's say that, Mar um, let's say that Washington had us on their marketing team, right? And we were trying to convince Russell Wilson on coming to Washington. 
Let's say that we were we were we were high up in the front office and we had an impact on that. I would sell Russell on you know us having a one thousand yard rusher and Antonio Gibson, us having Terry McLaurin, us being based in D.C. You know he's home from Richmond. We have training right. camp in Richmond. We're in a big market like D.C. Are there any other selling points that you can really point out for Russell on why he would be here? Because I kind of agree with you. Like why would somebody who's you know he's in good graces in the NFL circles? You know we see him on almost every NFL commercial. He's doing NFL honors bits and things like that. Why would he even want to get involved with an organization like Washington? Um, I would say that I think that, you know, there's, there's several selling points. For one, you, you have the, you know, black community is one. Absolutely. I mean, this is Mecca. I mean, you know, that's, that's the way it is for us back home. Mm-hmm. So he, would, he, he wouldn't be, you know, out of place. I'm not saying he didn't have that in Seattle because there's a, a large black population there too, but it's nothing like D.C. It's just nothing like it. Um, the, the other, the other factor of it too, is that, you know, he's, he's, he's not far from there. He's far where he's from, you know, Richmond K whatever. Think about the fanfare and training camp in Richmond with him being there. They would make all their money back somehow, some way. And, and I think that that would be something that, that would excite a lot of people, you know, in that regard. The other thing is that he does have to look at that team. You know, he he played he played for a Seattle team that, you know, got the back to back Super Bowls. They should have won both of them. We all we know already know why they didn't get the second. Right? You know, Marshawn got something to say about that. But they got there because of their defense, though. Sure. And the pieces are in place here for that defense. I mean, I know we've been saying that for like the last four or five years, but they really do have some pieces in place to to take it to another level. And if you're not on the field all the time, maybe you can play better defense, too, because you can get some rest. So he would have that in his favor. But then on the offensive side of the ball, Terry McLaurin, you know, he's, he's a budding star. He really is. Um, he just needs somebody that's going to get him the ball all the time. And he also needs a compliment on the other side. So if you can get Curtis Samuel, I know, man, if you can get him help. Southfield <laughs> Samuel. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's a big if. But if you can get him healthy and, you know, you got a Cam Sims and you got some other guys, Dak Milne, I mean – you know, they do need to draft a receiver, by the way. They, they need to draft, and there's some top-flight receivers in this draft. But you have Logan Thomas as well. You have uh, John Bates, who really showed a lot as a rookie. And then in your backfield, you know, you have Antonio Gibson. And naturally, they do have to sign J.D. McKissick. That has to be priority you know, number president one. president of the J.D. McKissick <laughs> fan club, you know. Exactly. Pri- priority number one. So if you can bring all these pieces back and play, look, they're not that far away from having a really nice tandem and, and nucleus on offense. So he could see all these things and see, but are they just going to leave us alone on the field? <laughs> so if somebody can convince him of that, it, uh, there's a lot of key factors why he would do that. And then maybe maybe they might tell him, hey, something they're not telling us, but maybe they already know where the stadium is going to be. You know, Maybe they already have those those ideas in play and they could tell him he could help spearhead that too. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I know you got to get out of here. So I got a couple more questions just to wrap this thing up. <laughs> so really quickly with, you know, with the big three, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson, you're going to have to acquire them via trade and you're going to have to give up something. We know we're going to have to give up some draft capital, but you may have to give up a talented player as well. So I know in, you know, a lot of the Washington um, community over on Twitter and in social media and things like that, Two names that I've heard bring, uh, being brought up the most in trade packages are Deron Payne and Montez Sweat. 
Um, which one of those would you prefer giving up in a trade package? And is there is, is there any other, you know, top level talent to play on a roster that you wouldn't mind seeing go in exchange for an elite quarterback? Um, I, I think I think Deron Payne would be obviously a, a guy that I would look at uh, because you have uh, Tim Settle who could move, pull, go right into his spot or, or maybe even a Matt Ioannidis, you know, who's under contract. You can move them right into the spot and you really wouldn't suffer from that. But you, you, for me, you don't move Chase and you don't move Montez because they could be a deadly bookend. I mean, we've only seen them play together one time. You know, so we haven't seen it a lot. But, yeah, if you could do that, why wouldn't you do that? So are those your only two untouchables on the roster, Chase and Montez? Anybody on the offense? Oh, no, no, I mean, Terry's untouchable. Sure. <laughs> I mean, he, he's untouchable. Sure. But but Chase, Montez, Terry, and for me, Cam Curl. Uh, th- th- those are my four. They're untouchable. Right. Everybody else, nah, you, you can be had. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I agree. So as we look forward into the uh, going into the 2022 season, honestly, how close do you think Coach Rivera is to the hot seat? You know, he's had back-to-back seven win seasons. We did get into the playoffs um, in year one, but I know he's always somebody that talks about progression and not regressing. So going into 2022, we didn't necessarily, you know, progress um, this past season. How do you, how close do you think he is to that steaming hot seat um, going into the season? I think he's got to win more than seven games this year, for sure. <laughs> if you don't, you're, you're, you're in trouble. And because this is an unforgiving fan base, you know, sure. you have a new name, but the, the, but the loyalties are still deep. And if you're not getting it done, you're going to hear about it. And especially when you came in as if you had all the answers. And I always remind people that Ron Rivera is a likable guy. He, he's, he's, he's definitely a person that preaches professionalism and his approach. He's answered all our questions from the media. Um, he's never ducked us or anything. So I respect that from him. But if you look at the body of work, three winning seasons in 11 years, that, that gets a lot of people a new line of work. <laughs> Let's just call it like it is. Absolutely. And so for him to be here for three years, and this is matches the, the most amount of winning seasons he's ever had. Um, Keep in mind, he won the division here. They didn't have a winning season. <laughs> so he's got to produce this year. And he keeps saying he's been trying to show them how to do, do things the right way. Well, when you haven't had a lot of winning seasons, what really is the right way? Are you basing it off that one year, 15-1 and one, with Carolina? Right. When Cam, Cam Newton was the MVP of the league, he right. rolled his hand. So I don't know what they're basing it off of. Um, I mean, he did have success as a player. He won a Super Bowl with the Bears in 86. So he does, he has seen winning. Trust me, he has. But I just feel like right now he's um, he's made some decisions that are head scratchers. I mean, you bringing in Ryan Fitzpatrick last year, and you thought he was going to be the guy that took you over the hump. That was disrespectful to even think that he could be an Alex Smith. Alex Smith is a fringe Hall of Fame quarterback. If you look at his numbers and what he did, Ryan Fitzpatrick is a is a career backup. Right. <laughs> you know, right. so you put all your eggs in a basket with him, and then you're bringing guys from your old stop in Carolina where they weren't winning. So I just feel like he's made some decisions that are a little little odd. And you know, like I said, they better get their draft right. And and and. You know, they 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 picked Chase Young number two over all these quarterbacks when they needed a quarterback. I understand Chase dynamic player, and I still think it was the right decision to make to draft them. 
But you see how that's working out at this very moment. Right. You know, he was defensive player of the year, you know, as a rookie. I get all that. But but Jalen, come on, man. You see Justin Herbert doing what he's doing, and you see all these other quarterbacks out Help there. Help think, what if, what if, right? Come on, man. <laughs> and I, I agree with you 100%. Um, one thing that you've mentioned that kind of irks me is he always refers back to Carolina. And like you just said, is he, he was basically gift-wrapped that 15-1 and one season, and he was gift-wrapped Cam. He walked into having the number one pick. That's not that's not what you're going to have here. That's not an equal parallel. And, you know, we don't see it. Uh, happened in the Super Bowl, though. Think about right. that. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. And then my last question to wrap things up. Well, um, there were a lot of players on Washington that didn't live up to the hype. We just mentioned one, um, you know, um, Chase Young, the 2020 defensive rookie of the year. And there were other players that did, just didn't perform up to par. So can you give me one player that will bounce back for the 2022 season, whether that be coming back from injury, whether that be a step up in production or returning back to the player we know? Can you give me one player that you think we're going to bounce that's going to bounce back for 2022? Um, I want to I want to say Chase. I really do, because I think that he's a guy that that um, and I'm sorry, I just had somebody come in the studio. I don't think they noticed that I was uh, that I was doing this. So I'm, I'm walking as we do this. So um, I want to say Chase, because I think that he's the guy that really has to have that bounce back year. And I know it's hard to say that people do that when they have. um you know, when they have that type of injury that he had, but we've seen guys come back from it. So yeah. for my money, I'm going to go Chase Young uh, has a bounce, big bounce back year. I mean, all you have to do is get, what, four or five sacks. Right. <laughs> and that's right. a bounce back, you know. Um, but, you know, if I had to if I had to go like a little deeper to say a bounce back year, um I mean, guys just didn't have the kind of quality seasons that I thought they would have. So maybe, maybe a low from Thomas because he was injured. And, and, and he's a guy that would have been a big, big part of the offense. I, I thought before, before the season started last year that he was a guy that, you know, was a Pro Bowl caliber tight end. And he should have made the Pro Bowl the year before. And that went to Evan Ingram. We all know what that's about. But yeah, I probably would say Logan Thomas and then maybe one more person. Um, William Jackson took my answer late. <laughs> <laughs> Great minds think alike. Great minds think alike. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he has to bounce back because he he just and in fairness to him, because people are like, man, he's terrible. He's like, no, 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 no. He they had him playing something that he didn't play. Never played before. Mm-hmm. He played press man coverage in Cincinnati and comes to Washington and they're playing soft zone. He's laid off guys ten yards and. That's not his game, you know, so hopefully this year they let him put his face mask up on people and press them and and we can see that bounce back season. Like I said, man, great minds think alike because I agree with Chase 100 percent. I did want to dig a little deeper, but Chase is the one player that I still believe has generational talent. You know, Um, I was kind of down on him last season, but uh, if I'm being honest with myself, he showed flashes early in his rookie year and, you know, He's just a physical freak. And if he can play up to the potential, he's the one guy that can turn your roster around a la like a Nick Bosa did when he finally got to San Francisco and things like that. And then the William Jackson, the third, I agree a hundred percent. They had him playing out of position last year. I was reading something where he was such a cornerstone um, for Cincinnati when he was there, when they were switching um, defensive coordinators, they were one of the main things they were really looking at is 
we need a coordinator that that is an expert in playing press man coverage. And they play that because we're trying to build this defense around William Jackson the third. So hopefully he can get some of that attention and some of that, you know, leeway here in Washington, because I think if he's playing to, you know, his scheme and his talents, I think he can be a really effective player. I was over there hollering last season that he was our best free agent signer. And I still, still think he has the potential to be. Um, but that's it for our questions, man. I appreciate you so much. Um, I appreciate you so much for everything you've done for me throughout, you know, the last year. And I just wanted to take the time out uh, to thank you for all the opportunities that you opened up for me. And thank you for uh, joining this episode of the Bleeding BNG podcast. Well, listen, man, I just wanted to tell you and, and tell everybody out there, too. I mean, it's a, it's a, I have a good opportunity here, but I'm also able to bring in people here, you know, so. We, we need to talk seriously. And I'm saying this on your show for people to see this um, because I, I, I got that opportunity now to do that. And I got some other folks from down there, some familiar faces. My girl Janine Samuels down here with me now. Um, my girl Danielle's getting to come down. So, yeah, man, they, they've, they've kind of given me the keys, you know, to, 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 to recruit and, and bring in talent that's hungry. It's just that you got to you gotta relocate. That's the problem. <laughs> we'll stay in touch, though, man, because like I said, overall good dude all around. You, you show me the ropes, and I appreciate you taking the time out to give me some time for Bleeding BNG. Thank you so much, man. Keep it going. So now I just need some of the, you know, I'm letting it grow. But, it's on know. the way. It's on the way. Okay. Okay. Citrus flavor. Way. Okay. Yeah. Citrus. I sent. I'll need that. <laughs> All right. Cool. 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 So thank you guys for tuning into another episode of the Bleeding BNG podcast. I'll check in on you guys soon. Peace.